0: People don't realize that time is so limited until it gets to a point where you either have something wrong with you or you're nearing the end of your life or death is around you. And so if we can just instill this idea that, yes, we are here for a finite amount of time, it reignites that urgency into people. And I think we'll start to push society forward a lot quicker than what we're doing right now. Welcome to Benefit of Doubt, where we explore life's endless choices and struggle to answer uncomfortable questions. I'm your host, Arjun Parikh, part time philosopher, and I'm Jeet Mehta, wannabe
1: entrepreneur and cricketer. So, how's your week, dude? Good. I spent uh, another day in, down a rabbit hole, which was fun. I spent a whole day researching and learning about the fringe of tech right now, which is this concept called Web3. Um, yeah, do you, you want me to go on? And go yeah, yeah. It? I have no idea. I literally have no idea what okay. Web three is. So, um, okay. So, Web one was the internet back in the eighties and nineties. So, think static content, read only. So you can't like interact with a website. You would just go and it just be text. basically. Okay. text. Almost and like a blog. Yeah. If you if you think back to like those pictures of Yahoo and stuff back in the nineties, that's really what it was. Just blog basically mm. blogs. Uh, so that's web one then over time it transitioned in the two thousands and even now we're in what's called like web 2 so web 2 is not read only it's read and write so what I mean by that is you can interact with the content on the internet so you can sign in you can make payments you can click on buttons and so you're it's a two-way street between you and the website and so web 2 is where a lot of the websites that we know today like Google Facebook whatever that's where they all live Web3 is where the world is headed, supposedly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's a mix of the application of blockchain on the internet. So I can explain. Uh, A big problem with Web2 was that we are placing our trust in these companies' hands. So you hear this all the time. Google has all our data. Facebook has all our data. And there's been so many lawsuits because of that. So the issue is that the central authority has complete power over what they can do with you so they can randomly choose to ban your account if they wish it was a big outcry when they be trump... playing with us
0: They're yeah playing with all our uh,
1: all our information for all the trump supporters <laughs> oh, no. everyone was upset when trump got banned on twitter because yeah. twitter can just do that yeah it sets a it sets a, a different precedent than what we're used to yeah. yeah and so the whole premise behind web3 is that you own your own data so instead of being A so-called centralized model where there's a central company and then everyone everyone is just like users of that company's product Uh, this is a decentralized internet so uh, and that's it's based on the blockchain so I don't want to get into the details but the idea is that you can uh, you have this like concept of a wallet uh, and that holds cryptocurrency like um, Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever and your wallet is your identity so anytime you go on any web3 website there's no need to create a separate account. You don't need to create a Twitter account, a Google account, a Facebook
0: account. Because everything is
1: already verified through your wallet. Or exactly. Your identity Identities. is built in. Mm. And it's, it's verified because of the blockchain. So everyone else co signs on your identity. Yeah. So uh, it's it's been a hell of a journey. And one of the the best things that I learned from this process was there's a guy called Chris Dixon. He's a big thinker in the space. But he said two things that really stuck out to me. One was that most revolutionary tech starts off looking like a toy in the beginning, like a gimmick. So the internet was Mm -hmm. a gimmick for a bunch of computer science nerds back in the 80s. And it was like huge rooms of computers that created this one thing, right? Same thing with with phones. They were massive and they were gimmicks and only the rich people could afford them. So most breakthrough tech starts off as a gimmick. But that doesn't mean that all gimmicks are breakthrough tech, right? Mm. Like we'll end up being breakthrough Unique tech. Unique distinction. Yes, and it's it's hard. That's yeah. where the creative aspect comes in. Mm-hmm. And the second thing was that what he said that what geeks and nerds are doing for fun on weekends is what everyone else will be doing ten years from now. Like on the daily. Revolutionaries. Yeah. So if you look on Twitter right now, there is so much energy behind the space behind the space of crypto and web three and literally like companies are being built in weekends. Like I'm not even kidding. I saw a tweet by someone on Friday saying, wouldn't it be cool if X existed? Mm-hmm. And then they go and build that. Yeah. Some anonymous, not even them, someone else, someone, oh. some anonymous developer yeah. replied to that tweet on a Friday saying like on it by Wednesday, they had built a prototype. And I'm not even kidding. Two weeks from that point, they had, uh, they've created an exchange, a billion dollars trading on that exchange actively. Like, it's ridiculous the amount of energy that's in the space. Uh, but it's
0: cool, man. I can see how people would think it's a gimmick right now because of how quick the speed of something like this, like in a matter of a week, how you're able to move billions of dollars of real money and, it, and essentially on a fabricated space. Because we tend to we tend to think of things like blockchain technology and even the internet as something that is not uh, physical. And so when something is not physical, we tend to not always put 100% value into it. So an idea is not, like we say, they say, an idea is not valuable unless you're actually able to do something with that idea.
1: Hey guys, it's Sheeth. Just taking a quick break here and we'll be right back. If you're enjoying the content, please be sure to leave us a review and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and
0: YouTube at Benefit Doubt Pod. Now, back to the episode. Right, so this week, we have a more of a heavy-hitting question. This is where we want to kind of get really philosophical and really deep. And last week, we kind of had this with the math and science sort of debate, and I love the feedback, and me me and Jeet both got some really good feedback on, on what people's opinions are for if math is a branch of science or if science is a branch of math. And so this week is kind of similar to that, where the question this week is, If you could teach all of humanity one concept, what concept would have the greatest impact? And I'll go first. And for me, I think it's if we're able to, for every single human being, instill the concept of valuing your time, I think overall that's the greatest impact. I think so much time is wasted. And the saying goes... And I said this in an earlier episode where this, like the best ideas in the world are in a graveyard is because people didn't realize that they have a limited amount of time so that any idea that they want to action, if they don't put any sort of urgency, it's going to, it's just going to be an idea. And it's going to be a thought that they had and they're going to die with that thought. And so people don't realize that time is so limited until it gets to a point where you either have something wrong with you or you're nearing the end of your life or death is around you. And so we tend to correlate time and death together. And so if we can just instill this idea that, yes, we are here for a finite amount of time, it reignites that urgency into people. And I think we'll start to push society forward a lot quicker than what we're doing right now. I think tech is a space that is moving forward very quickly. But then when we think of something like politics, it's almost like it's going in reverse. So I'm not here to say what is the right political agenda, what is not. It's just that I think that we could be moving forward as a, as a society, as a uh, species politically, that we're not moving in that direction. And I think that is because of the lack of time that people think that we have.
1: Interesting. And I guess people try to get rich so that they can later buy back time but it's too late because at that point they've sacrificed their health, right? Like, when you retire and you're trying to travel the world, you if you're old, you've lost out on, like, the best health of your life where you were maybe trying to make a
0: big. And there are some, like, sci-fi threads that say that we might eventually be able to live forever, but I think even that, I would not want to live forever because our lives being so finite makes... It's so important. And so when we have, let's say, 80 years of time left on this planet or 30 years or 10 years or one year, what are we doing with that time? And the response usually is not to grieve, not to be consumed in self-pity, but it's, okay, I'm going to start crossing things off my bucket list. I'm going to start doing things I want to do. And if we start to see that change in people, I think you'll start to see a more fruitful humanity that people will be like, yes, you know what? I like the way our species is going. But would you agree that that is the, uh, like the the greatest, they would have the greatest impact? No. Oh. Uh, um,
1: I mean, I think, I think hearing about it and talking about it, it definitely sounds like it would be up there. Mm-hmm. But my original, when you first told me this question, what came to mind was not the value of time. It was the ability to reason. And so what I mean by that is if we could teach everyone how to make like decisions in a rational manner. Uh, So what I mean by that is, if you could teach everyone to be able to take in, let's say for any given decision or for any given thing that they want to understand, take in information uh, like that argues one side and argues the other side, be able to assess the relative merits of the sources of those information, and then come to a conclusion and maybe test that conclusion, And then verify it. Like, I think that sort of like reasoned logical process, like it's almost like the scientific method, but applying it to day to day life. I feel like if we can teach that and if that concept sort of permeated throughout the world, in my opinion, that would be probably the most impactful thing. Because teaching people how to think is very high leverage. Regardless of what field they end up going in, right? One mm-hmm. of the things we talked about off air was, oh, what if it was what if the concept is that we teach everyone how to code? But that's just one vertical. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think more broadly teaching people how to think and reason about things in the right way, mm. then then they can kill it in whatever field they end
0: up going into. So then I guess the counter argument I would have to that would be would people not reach out and be and feel that they are not being authentic because they're being told how to think because I mean, arguably we have, we have a specific um, political party that where you, how you, your freedoms and your beliefs are what are the forefronts of what this party is about. And so the, the concept of thinking and the concept of reason, if that is being taught or showed to you what is the quote unquote correct way would people not be like this is the this is clearly the incorrect way because we are natural beings we are we have to be able to have deduct reason on our own uh what would you what, like what would you say to that yeah i think that's fair i mean realistically
1: if if we were to actually execute on this you're right people would have adverse reactions i mean like all of this knowledge already exists right mm-hmm. like we there's so many books on or in quotes and things on valuing your time, or mm. there's so many books and quotes on thinking rationally. Yeah. So it's not like mm. the concepts aren't there for the world to, it's understand. almost as
0: if you want to forcefully like put this in a concept where it's going to, it's, it's, it's going to have a positive outcome. It's just that people might not necessarily agree with it. It's just that, yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah. Cause the way I understood this like question
1: was if it's hypothetical, like what if hypothetically we could just, change mm, like everyone to yeah. think a particular way or to understand something. Mm-hmm. But realistically, I'm sure you tell everyone to value your time or to be more rational. They're yeah. going to be like, I am valuing my time mm-hmm. and I am being more rational. Yeah. And then they're going to live their lives the same yeah. way that yeah. they would have otherwise.
0: Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that you're right. The question was more of like, if we could just snap up a finger, make an impact, like change everybody into this thing. Uh, yeah. I think that's what the question was going. But what if, what is something that's more realistic? Because obviously this is not a question that we're going to be really be able to answer because there are minds way smarter than us that are trying to figure this out. And like, as a society, we're, we're starting to split into two different uh, parties and this is something that could change that. Right? So this is not something that we're going to be able to answer, but it would just be a, an interesting exercise to see what is something that what we are realistically able to change from people and it would still have a great impact on both sides, quote unquote, of the parties. I also thought of something else related to the value of time. Mm -hmm.
1: Do you think people understanding the value of their time would make them unhappier because now you know that you're wasting it or now you know that you could have done more with it. Or, on the flip side, if it pushes you to work so hard, but then... And you've achieved all of these quote-unquote accomplishments, and at the end of your life, you think to yourself, damn, I didn't have any relationships, Mm
0: -hmm. or I didn't stay in touch with my family. Yeah. I think that it's a balance. And understanding time truly is a balance. Because we either go one of two ways. Either we think that, which is the more common case in society is that we have so much time that I don't need to worry about relationships. I don't need to worry about my job or my goals or my dreams. I don't need to worry about that right now in this present moment. I could worry about it tomorrow in a day, in a month, in a year, but whatever you deem valuable, if you have the urgency of time, you will be able to achieve what you want so if your thing is about relationships and you want to build a better relationship with your mom or dad let's say for example and so you realize that okay so my parents are closer to quote unquote death than i am i need to value the time that they have and i have with them so i'm going to do what i can to help build that relationship that doesn't mean that 24 hours of my day i'm spending with my parents that's just not realistic if we're talking about it so It's finding that balance that, okay, maybe instead of spending five minutes a day with my parents, I'm spending an hour or two hours a day. I'm talking to them about things of substance, not just of, oh, nonsense, right? Uh, What we quote-unquote call like uh, fluff, right? So small talk. talk. And if you're truly... If relationship is something that you truly value, like you're using your time more adequately.
1: Interesting. I I can see that. So you're saying that if you... Truly understood the value of your time, you would understand what you'd want to dedicate to
0: okay i I think I can buy that, but i would I would love to hear people's feedback on this because obviously time might not be the same question, the same answer for somebody else and i like I loved all the feedback that I got last week, so I would love people to reach out to us and be like, "You know man, I don't think time it is, or even if i'm what well, you think I'm, what I'm saying is completely wrong or what Jesus is saying is completely wrong, like tell us, let us know because." it's going to open up dialogue that's going to either change my opinion or change your opinion or change their opinion so i think it's important to like just have these conversations i think the last uh
1: episode really struck a chord with folks the science versus math bit so i think these kinds of philosophical questions are good to think about every now and then also i think uh we'll keep these uh mini episodes coming every now and then mm-hmm. uh, this one's definitely going to be a lot shorter than the ones we've had in the past but it's nice. It's going to be short and sweet, and uh, it'll hit you just as hard. Yep. See you next week, dude. All right. That's it from us. Any content mentioned in the episode will be linked in the show
0: notes. If you like this episode, be sure to follow us on Spotify and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at BenefitDoubtPod. Till next time, stay thoughtful, stay curious, and always remember to give things the benefit of doubt.